If I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy fifty. Thanks so much for being with us this weekend. We're especially glad you're joining us. If you don't consider yourself a church person or religious person, or if someone just begged you or bribed you to come or to watch online, and if you are new or relatively new, we have a gift to thank you for being with us today. Simply text the word WELCOME to 88877, and we will send you that gift. Well, we are in the fourth week of our series looking at the life of Elijah, and Here's this guy who lived over 2,800 years ago, and yet we're still talking about him today. He left this incredible legacy uh, because he lived a life of prayerful obedience. And simply we mean by that, he listened to God, and then he put into practice what he discovered in prayer or his conversations with God. And so we can learn to do that too. We can learn to live lives of prayerful obedience. Uh, In the first week of the series, we looked at how, out of prayerful obedience, Elijah went and challenged King Ahab, him and his wife Jezebel. He said it it would not rain again until his command, because Ahab and and Jezebel were leading the people astray, leading them to worship the god Baal. Then after that, God told Elijah to go and hide, because he had ticked off the king, and so he did. So he goes and hides for a while. He hides at the wadi Cherith, and then that wadi dries up. And then when that dries up, God sends him, tells him to go to Zarephath, where there's a widow who will, who will provide for him. He goes there and provides not only for the widow, but for, not only for Elijah, but for the widow and her son. Then last week, we looked at how God then told Elijah it was time to go to Ahab again, that he was going to send the rain. So Elijah goes to Ahab and says, God's going to send the rain, but you need to gather the people of Israel and the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. And so they do that. There's a showdown between the prophets of Baal and Elijah. Uh, the prophets of Baal call, f- call on their God to send fire, but they fail. God, then Elijah steps up. He calls down fire, prays, and God sends his fire, and the people uh, turn back to God. They say, the Lord is God, the Lord is God. And then after that, God sends the rain, and the drought ends. And we're going to pick up the story of Elijah there. So we're now in 1 Kings 19, if you're reading along at home. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, that he had murdered all the prophets by the sword. Okay, so we didn't talk about this last week, but after uh, Elijah calls down fire from heaven, he says to the people of Israel, all right, now put the prophets of Baal to death by the sword. And that can sound extreme to us because it is, and it can be difficult for us to understand that and, and, or accept, and accept that. And what I would say, and, and it's going to be a much longer conversation, this could be a whole message on that topic itself, but in the Old Testament, we see God dealing very harshly with sin because there really is no other way. It's trying to show the wages of sin is death. When Jesus comes in the New Testament, there, when Jesus when it comes to Jesus' work on the cross, God can deal with sin in a much more merciful way. And I know that's a kind of a quick explanation. It might not satisfy you where you are. And if you want to have a conversation, I'd be happy to do that. Just give me an email. But we do have to move on in the story. So 
Jezebel then sent a messenger to Elijah and said, May the gods do thus to me and more, if by this time tomorrow I have not done with your life what was done to each of them. Now that's a very wordy way of saying, Elijah, I'm going to kill you. Elijah, I'm going to kill you if I have to die trying. And this was no idle threat from, from Jezebel. As we've mentioned before, the, the worship of Baal, this religion, was a very violent and bloody religion. It celebrated taking vengeance on one's enemies. And Jezebel had already murdered some of God's prophets, so this was no idle threat. She had both the in, intention and the means to do it. And so Elijah is threatened by Jezebel. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life, going to Beersheba of Judah. He left his servant there and went a day's journey into the wilderness until he came to a solitary broom tree and sat beneath it. He prayed for death. Enough, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Okay, so about 24, 36 hours before this, Elijah has this huge mountaintop experience. He experiences this incredible victory as he calls down fire and defeats the prophets of Baal, and he, he prays for rain, and it comes. And now, just a day or so later, he's praying for death. It's a good reminder to us that when we have these mountaintop experiences, when you have these incredible moments, whether that's you know, graduating high school or college or getting into a school or getting a promotion or getting married or having a child or winning a championship, that after these incredible, incredible mountaintop experiences, we're often very vulnerable to depression or coming down off that experience in a way that and we're, we're vulnerable to attack and getting down. Um, I was reading this past week. Uh, the, the rules of the sermon from St. Ignatius Loyola, and he talked about it in this way, that he talks about consolation and desolation. Consolation is things in our heart and our soul that are connecting to connect us to God. Desolation is times where our soul gets a little depressed. And he said, whenever you have these times with God where it's very sweet and you feel connected to God and you feel bu buoyed in your, in your spirit, just be, be aware in those consolation, desolation is coming, and just prepare for it. Not in the sense of, oh, wait for the shoe to drop, but just know that when, you, when you've been up, when you've had this incredible experience, you're vulnerable to attack. Elijah is vulnerable to attack, so he prays for death. And Elijah is so upset right now, he doesn't even think to take care of his physical needs. He doesn't even think to eat. So God has sent some angels, and we see throughout this, this story of Elijah, God provides for Elijah in, in, in incredible, supernatural ways. So God sent some angels to feed him, and then we're told, he got up, ate, and drank, and then strengthened by that food, he walked 40 days and 40 nights to the mountain of God, to Horeb. There he came to a cave where he took shelter, but the word of the Lord came to him, why are you here, Elijah? Why are you here, Elijah? You see, up to this point, Elijah had been driven by God's voice. Everywhere he had gone, God had told him to go. But God had never told Elijah to go to Mount Horeb. So God's saying, what are you doing here? It was not I who sent you here. You know, 
We are listening to voices all the time. There's so many different voices trying to get our attention. Here, Elijah listened to the voice of his enemy. He listened to Jezebel. You know, there's, there's so many voices speaking in our lives. There's the voice of the people who love us, who, who care for us and are, are for us. There's the voices of the world that want something from us, especially in marketing or advertising. There's the voice of the enemy who hates us. There's the voice of our Heavenly Father who is for us and loves us more than we love ourselves. And whoever's voice is loudest in your life will drive your behavior. Let me say that again. Whoever's voice is loudest in your life, that voice will drive your behavior. And if we're not careful, we'll listen to the wrong voices and can even find ourselves listening to the voice of the enemy. A few years ago, I went on a retreat with my son, Max. It was a a father-son retreat. We went to Montana. And at the beginning of the retreat, the guys leading us, leading the retreat, um, played a recording. And the recording began with, but with laying down one track that was the voice of God the Father. And it was all these really affirming voices from Scripture. You are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. I delight in you. You are my work of art. You are my servant whom I uphold. And that kept playing. But then they added on a second track. And the second track was the voice and noises of the world. So it was, again, marketing and advertising. It it was traffic and just people talking. And then, again, so now there's a bunch of things going on. And a third track is layered in. It's the voice of the enemy saying, you're a loser. You're a failure. You're no good. And, you know, they, they, they let that play for a little bit with all these voices going on. And then they took away... The, track, the enemy's voice. Then they took away the noise and the, the voices of the world. And so you were left with just the voice of God the Father. And they said to us, over the next two day, few days, let's tune into the voice of God the Father. But what I realized after that exercise is that when all the voices were playing, the one I tuned into the most was the voice of the enemy. And so if we're not careful, we can listen to the voice of the enemy. And this is what happened to Elijah. He allowed the voice of Jezebel to be the loudest in his life and that drove his behavior. So God says to Elijah, why are you here? Elijah said, I have been most zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, but the Israelites have forsaken your covenant. They destroyed your altars and murdered your prophets by the sword. Elijah has all this probably emotion (laughs) It's like, why am I here, God? Because I've been zealous, I've been passionate for you, but the Israelites have forsaken your covenant. They forgot all about you, God. They destroyed your altars. They murdered your prophets. Again, Jezebel had done this. Now, this was all true, but it was only part of the story. Elijah had just forgotten that he had defeated the prophets of Baal and that the people were returning back to God. But Again, this is the thing that happens when we're in desolation or depression. We, we only get, remember or focus on the negative or some part of the story. And then Elijah continues. He says this, I alone remain, and they seek to take my life. Why am I here? Because I'm all alone. I feel all alone, God, and Jezebel is coming after me. I'm all alone in my faith. And we can feel like that sometimes. Maybe we can feel all alone in, in following Jesus in the different contexts or environments we're in. 
Maybe you feel like you're the only one in your industry trying to follow God. You're, you're the only one trying to do what's right and just, and everyone else is doing what's, what's corrupt or wrong, and they seem to be getting ahead, and you fall behind because you try to do what is right, and you feel alone. You might feel alone in your family. You're the only one that goes to church. You're the only one that prays. You might feel like you're alone in your school. You're the only one in your college or your high school that's following Jesus and trying to really, really give your life to him. We can feel all alone in our faith, and then we can feel all alone in the roles and responsibilities we play. Maybe you feel alone when it comes to running your company. You own your own business, or you're running the organization, and no one else understands the burden and stresses you experience. Or no, maybe you're a middle manager and no one else understands what it's like to try to you know, deal with the powers that be and to lead the people beneath you. Maybe you feel all alone when it comes to your household. You're the provider. You're the breadwinner. And you're the one that has to, to make sure there's enough money to provide for everyone's needs and wants. And there's a stress upon that. No one else understands what that's like. Maybe you're the caretaker and there's all this stress from caring for your parents and the kids and, or just managing the household, and no one else can understand you when you're home. Or your college student, high school student, you're like, no, nope, your parents don't understand me. They don't know what it's like to live in 2022 as a college student or high school student. And let me say, if that's your experience, you're right. You and I, we have a fundamental need to be understood and no one in our company or organization or family can quite understand what it's like for us to play the roles we play and to fulfill the responsibilities we need to fulfill. So what do we do? Just accept that we won't be understood, that no one can understand us? Just ex- expect to be alone? No, I don't think so. I think there's a better way. And we see it played out in the life of Elijah and what God says to Elijah. We're told, then the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, and the Lord will pass by. God says, I have something for you, Elijah. And he says, then there was a strong wind, and a, there was a strong and violent wind rending the mountains and crushing rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And that's where God spoke to Elijah, in the still, small voice. God wasn't speaking to Elijah through the earthquake or the the wind or the fire in any kind of like major sign and wonder and major huge way because God had already done that. He had done that on Mount Carmel. Elijah didn't need some big, huge sign. He needed the still, small voice of his heavenly father. I believe God uses signs and wonders to speak to us. But more often than not, I think God speaks to us in that still, small voice, in the quiet of our hearts. It's why it's so important for us on a regular, if not daily basis, to quiet ourselves, to to get rid of some of the devices, to put them away, and to still our souls 
to have silence and listen to the voice of our Father, our Heavenly Father, who loves us more than we love ourselves. So now, when he heard this, Elijah hid his face in his cloak and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And a voice said to him, why are you here, Elijah? I almost think maybe he was saying, why are you really here, Elijah? And Elijah answers, I have been most zealous for the Lord God of hosts, but the Israelites have forsaken your covenant. They have destroyed your altars and murdered your prophets by the sword. I alone remain, and they seek to take my life. Second verse, same as the first. Except I think this time Elijah said it with a little less emotion. He had gotten that emotion off his chest. And now that he's in a little bit better place to listen to God, God gives him the counsel he needs and the direction he needs to feeling with that feeling of being all alone in his faith, all alone in the roles and responsibilities he has in life. He says, go back. Take the desert road to Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael as king of Aram. You shall anoint Jehu, son of Nimeshi, as king of Israel, and Elisha, son of Shaphat, as prophet to succeed you. And that's probably the biggest one there. He says, I have someone who's going to take up what you're doing, Elijah. And we're going to talk about that next week. We're going to talk about Elisha. And then he says, but I will spare 7,000 in Israel, every knee that is not bent to Baal, every mouth that is not kissed him. God says to Elijah, I have some relationships for you. I have some people for you, and I'm connecting you with them. When it comes to our feelings of loneliness and isolation that all of us feel from time to time, or of being misunderstood or not understood at all, God's counsel to us over and over again through Scripture is not, hey, I'm just enough for you and I should be enough. It's no. God says, I have some relationships for you. I have some people I want to connect you to who understand what it's like to live out the roles and responsibilities you play in life. See, we, we need some friends in faith who understand both uh, the, the, our, our roles and responsibilities and ha- help us connect that to our following Christ. And that's why we're so big on small groups here at Nativity. We're, so, we're big on small groups because we want to help connect you with some other people who understand the roles and responsibilities you play and, how, and help you live those out in a faith context. Small groups are small. They're about six to ten people. They meet for about 75, 90 minutes a week. And we have a small group for you no matter who you are. We have men's groups, women's groups, adult, um, married couples groups, mixed adult groups. We have co- groups for college students, middle school students, high school students. We even have, we have groups online. So no matter who you are or where you're from, we have a group for you, for you. So if you're in Bismarck, North Dakota, or Seattle, Washington, or Tampa, Florida, wherever you are, we have a group that you can join. And again, the groups are about helping you connect the dots between the roles and responsibilities you play and um, your faith. You see, you're not the only one. You're not the only one in the education world who's trying to follow Jesus. You're not the only one in the business world 
who's trying to follow Jesus. You're not the only one in your college or your school who's following Jesus. You are not the only one. As one great group of theologians, Guns N' Roses, saying in November rain, don't you think you need somebody? Don't you think you need someone? Everybody needs someone. You're not the only one. You're not the only one. All right, so this is our regroup weekend. And this is the time to get in a group for this fall. So if you're interested in getting in a group or just have some questions, text the word GROUP to 888-77. Text the word GROUP to 888-77, and our team will answer questions you have or they will help you find a group that's going to fit for you and work for you. Uh, for those of you who are in a group and took a break for the summer, now's the time to get the band back together and to get the group back together. We'll be get, launching some brand new material uh, the weekend of September or 10th and 11th for our brand new message series. So we'll have fresh content for you, but you want to get, maybe get together the next couple of weeks beforehand in some way, have breakfast or lunch or dinner, get together for a drink, play golf, do a hike, whatever it is you guys want to do, but get the group back together. Uh, if you were in a group before and it was kind of growing a little stale, then maybe it's time to join a new group. That's okay. That's all right. And if you were in a group before and you had a bad experience, give it another try. You've had a bad meal and you still eat. You know, you've eaten again. You've had a bad haircut and you've got another haircut. If you were in a bad group or didn't go well, give it another try. Because you need some friends in faith. That when we listen to God in prayerful obedience about when we feel alone or misunderstood or just isolated, if we listen to God in prayer, he will tell us, hey, I have some relationships for you. I have some people I can connect you to who understand what you're going through and can offer insight and wisdom and just some understanding you're not getting right now. So don't you think you need somebody? Don't you think you need someone? Don't you think you need a small group? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this life of Elijah. And again, how much, again, Lord, we continue to learn so much from his story and so much from his story that applies to our lives and our story. So God, help us to tune into your voice. Help us to listen to your voice because in knowing God, you are a father who loves us and who is for us. And God, we help you to... We pray that we would find these connections that help us tune into your voice, that help us more discern your voice in our lives. God, we pray for all our groups, they be places where we help one another listen to the voice of you who loves us and is for us, who loves us more than we love ourselves. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.